Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver. It's a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. We made it to the last week of November. My mother used to say, the longer you live, the faster time goes, and she is absolutely right because I feel like 2023 has sped by and it is quickly coming to an end. Episodes this month have been focused on a lot of things as we prepare for this holiday season here in November, December. We've been talking about elections, holiday planning, um, grieving, just trying to maintain a sense of balance and wellness. But I really wanted to focus a lot these couple of months on a variety of different things in particular that people deal with around this time of year. And so week one of this month, we discuss boundary setting because we know that is absolutely vital and important when we are preparing for the holidays. Week two, we discuss veterans and the holidays. And that is a group of people who have some particular risk factors. And it's important for us to be able to honor and celebrate our veterans. Last week, we discussed supporting our trans and non-binary family members during the holidays. And this week, we will be discussing making accommodations for people who have special needs. So the holiday season is upon us. And I know that last week, people celebrated Thanksgiving, um, for those of you that celebrate. And I, as I was thinking about what I wanted to do for this particular episode, was very thoughtful about how challenging sometimes holidays can be for people that have various types of disabilities. And so if you've ever had a family member who was in a wheelchair and trying to get into a family gathering or uh, was had a walker or was on crutches or a family member with a visual impairment or a family member with a hearing disability or um, some of our neurotypical neuro atypical individuals or neurodivergent individuals who are coming into spaces, those with ADHD on the, on the autism spectrum, that Christmas, Thanksgiving, family gatherings in general can be very much looked at from their perspective in a different way. And so I think that as I've grown older, I've paid more attention and realized that there are a lot of things that we can take for granted and that we're maybe not considerate of in environments because it's easy for us to be dismissive of things that don't directly affect us. And we're not being thoughtful of how they affect people that we're either inviting into our spaces or who have been invited into spaces in which we're attending. Um, so if it's handicap accessible, how wide is the entrance? Are there steps? Is there a ramp? Is the toilet and sink handicap accessible? Are the entrances even wide enough to be able to get a wheelchair in or a person who's taller or a person um, who may be considered uh, morbidly obese uh, or is a person able to maneuver a cane or a walker uh, getting into the house in the driveway uh, is the pavement even and level what about in the house um, are there um, things that may make it difficult for a person to be able to have an oxygen tank uh, are there things that may be interfering with someone who um, has visual problems and there's going to be a lot of things in the space and trying to navigate through those things? Uh, what 
What if somebody needs help? What if somebody has a psychotic break? What if someone um, is having a meltdown? What if there are too many stimulations in the environment? What if the smells uh, are overwhelming to people? What if the 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 sounds is it's loud? I I can't really hear people talking, or it's so loud I can't really concentrate, um, and and it's causing me to be overly stimulated. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of times when we're navigating environments, there are times when we're just not prepared. We invite people into our spaces, but we really aren't prepared to host them. Um, what if somebody didn't take their medication? What if someone took too much medication? Um, what if there was an unexpected change in something? Uh, is my, my environment safe? Is it secure? Is it comfortable? Um, is it an environment where there's a variety of different ways to communicate with people? There are a variety of options for people who may have different levels of uh, vision, but also abilities to read and be able to communicate, right? What about our nonverbal loved ones? Uh, so as I was reflecting on this episode, I thought it important for us to really talk about what creating and making room for people would look like. So here's just a few things that I want. Okay, it's more than a few. You all know I don't ever do a few things. Here are, here are a, a list of things. Uh, that's probably more accurate, right? Uh, that I think is important for us to consider. One, communicate with your guests. I think that one of the most important things that we can do for people is ask them what they need. And I know that sometimes we feel like we're already overly accommodating people um, or I can't handle one more thing. Your boundaries are still appropriate for this environment as well. But this is something you potentially might be able to delegate. Right. So I do think it is um, we talk a, a bit about a not leaving people behind. Right. In a variety of settings, whether that's in the military, in school, um, but I think that's important for us to think about with our family, too, not leaving anyone behind. And so not leaving people behind means that we need to be able to understand when we invite them into a space that we are accepting that they have a, a variety of needs. And so we need to be thoughtful about, one, is the space appropriate? Right. So that's one thing is choosing locations. Some of you are hosting things at your homes. Some of you may be hosting things at a clubhouse. Some of you may be hosting things, um, you may be in a, a villa, a resort, um, an Airbnb. Some of you may be going to restaurants. So thinking about the spaces before you invite people into them, think about if these spaces are able to accommodate the needs of everyone in the family, right? And so one of the ways to do that, again, is to ask because we do need to be mindful about doorways and bathrooms and parking and terrain. And that is for our, our aging loved ones, as well as our loved ones who may have a variety of different types of abilities. And when you're asking about those needs, then ensure that you also are asking about their dietary restrictions or if there are allergen, allergens or sensitivities. There are so many people that actually have allergic reactions to perfume and cologne. We don't think that much about it. But when people are in spaces, then in the same way we need to think about nut allergies, we need to be thinking about perfumes and colognes, checking in with people, asking, 
and some of you I know will have a visceral reaction, especially if you're a person that likes to put on your smell good, like, well, they don't need to dictate what I'm wearing. And I encourage you to really think about this one moment in time. And if this one moment in time, this opportunity to spend with loved ones is not worth you putting that cologne up for the evening. All right. We want to talk to other people that are going to be in the space as well about what some of the needs of others may be. We really want to stress kindness and sensitivity and support. Um, and particularly with our children, because we may have children that have questions, that have concerns when they see particular behaviors, when they see people that may look a little different than them. And so being able to educate them so they can learn how to be supportive and also not be afraid, right? Because sometimes when things are different, like it's uncomfortable for us. And so as we talk about and get rid of the stigma associated with mental illness, as we get rid of the stigma associated with a variety of different abilities, as we get rid of the sti stigma that is associated with being a person who's neurodivergent, then we're creating safe spaces for people. We're making room for them. As you're talking to um, people who may be coming, there are some things that allow us to feel more safe and comfortable in an experience. And one is to put the disability accommodations on the invitation. Sometimes we will not choose to go somewhere because we don't think that we'll have what we need to, in order to be comfortable in a space. So once you've talked to your guests and seen if there's any particular needs, then you can put that on the invitation and people will know like, oh, okay, this is a safe space for me. They are thoughtful about some of the things that I deal with, right? Because there are people that need to bring special vehicles that may have to have equipment that they're taking with them. Are they going to be able to get that in the house effectively? Are there going to be able to be people there that can help them? Do we have already set up? Do we have... Um, different times, staggered times where people can come and we're flexible in those times. Some people might come a little early. Some people may come a little late. Um, people being able to leave as they need to. We may even want to invite people to see the layout of an environment so they can better understand how they might navigate it and what their needs might be. We want to might offer um, uh, menus that are picture menus and not just written. We might want to have verbal menus. Now you can do these voice memos. You can share information with people. So if they do have some visual concerns or some difficulty with reading comprehension, that they would still be able to understand. We can also make sure that we have large font or braille. Uh, we can, as we're navigating environments with people who might have hearing impairments, it's important to eliminate a lot of background noise, right? So we want to make that minimal. We want to be talking directly to the person one at a time and allowing them to be able to see our lips and speaking clearly and enunciating. So if they do miss some things, they might be able to pick them up by watching our lips, right? And so navigating these kind of things are absolutely doable if we understand what we need to do. And as we're thinking about giving gifts, for those of you that are gift givers or just like to give people a little happy, as they say, being thoughtful about something that can make a person's life easier, something that can better allow them to navigate a space um, we may have problem solved in an environment and realize like, oh, hey, there's actually an easier way for us to be able to accommodate you. So let's get you something that will allow you to be able to do that when you go in your next environment. Right. It's also important for us to manage our expectations, particularly of people that have severe mental illness and those that are neurodivergent. 
Sometimes we need to do some check-in with people that day. Let's do a mood check. How you feeling? Because sometimes I can wake up and I might be in a different space. Did I take my medication that morning? Right? Or is my medication wearing off? I'm still groggy. Am I going to need another dosage of medication at a certain point? And so being able to navigate all of those things ahead of time. Now, one of the things that I will say, and this goes back to our boundary episode, um, it is not the time or the place for you to ask that in front of people. It is not for you to be inquiring about their mental illness, about um, them being neurodivergent, about their disabilities. That's not appropriate for you to do in a group setting. If there are some particular questions that need to be answered in order for that person to be able to be in this space and be accommodated in the way that they deserve, you talk directly to them or directly to their their caregiver and you get that information ahead of time and you communicate only what is needed because we do want to be respectful of people's privacy and we don't want to antagonize people. I think a lot of times people come into environments and we want you to have the matching shirts on. Um, oh, well, you haven't done your hair. You haven't shaved. Uh, well, fix your face. Get yourself together, right? Like, let's just kind of manage those expectations. You're here and you're showing up in whatever way you're able to show up in this moment. And that's okay. And that's part of respecting a person's boundaries. We don't want to be asking people to give hugs. They may not be comfortable giving hugs. They may not be in a mood or a space to give hugs. It might have been as much as they could handle just to get there and show up. And they just want to be in a space where they can eat, watch a little football, play a little game, uh, and then be able to have a space where they can go quietly in order for them to calm down and not have so much stimulation, which brings me to the next point of creating spaces in your home that don't have a lot of stimulation in them. That might be a designated room for people, your calm room in your home for people to go when they just had a little too much uh, of whatever um, and they just need to go to get their senses to calm down because they're overloaded, to calm that autonomic nervous system down. And so being able to do that and knowing that they have that space is helpful because you show them that space when they get there. You remind them that that space is there. And that's why also checking in with people about their triggers is very important. What are the warning signs? How can I be supportive of you? What are the things that are helpful for you if you get agitated, if things escalate, if things um, get off track uh, and there's changes in the routine and you feel like you're just worked up, what can I do to support you? And so knowing about these things in advance, your crisis management plan, if you will, allows you to be able to better help this person. What if you do have a psychotic break with, while you're here? There are a lot of things that can be very triggering for individuals. They can't control all of them. Right. And so there's no way to predict all the possible outcomes that might happen. So what we try to do is be in preparation as much as we can. Right. What's your exit strategy? If you need to leave the space, what's that going to look like? If there ends up being an argument or an altercation, feelings get hurt, um, a person uh, gets agitated and they may have a physical um, altercation with someone or maybe they're breaking objects, right? So what are we going to do to manage this person? And this is why it's important as we're talking to caregivers about what are some of the things that allows a person to feel comfortable. You might have a weighted blanket because prevention is always going to be better than intervention. You might have their favorite toy, their favorite stuffed animal or something that um, 
allows them to be able to refocus to ground. You may have grounding techniques that works for this person. You may have a person on standby that they can call in case of an emergency. Avoid, there may be some music, right? So all of these things that we can utilize ahead of time so that we can make sure that whatever does happen, we're better prepared to deal with it. But again, if we can prevent it from happening, that's even better. It may be helpful for people to have a session before they come to the gathering. Here's your plug for mental health. You knew it was coming, right? So sometimes they need to talk with a mental health provider before they come. Sometimes we're in environments where people might, this may be their first holiday after they were hospitalized for a mental health reason. And so they're coming back into an environment. People have questions. People are looking at them. What do I say to this person? It may be helpful for the guests at, um, that are also at the family gathering to have sessions because as we shared last week, you want to make sure you do whatever work you need to do for your own mental health and wellness to address whatever issues you may have prior to coming into a space with a person. Because you don't want to give all of that burden to the person in that space, right? And there's also the importance of just kind of focusing on interest. I know we like to bombard people with stuff. Who are you dating? What do you have going on? That could be triggering for people. What if they're just coming out of a divorce or a separation? Um, what if they... Uh, had a mental um, health episode and a person that they were dating is no longer seeing them? Uh, what if they um, were in a situation where they had a loving partner and that person, person is deceased, right? So there are so many other things that are going on that a person might be dealing with. And sometimes people are just actively dealing with depression even when they're around people or anxiety, even when they're around people, particularly when they're around people sometimes with anxiety. And so being able to pick up on those cues of when a person just may not be in a space where you need to be reaching out to them in that moment. And that's okay. It's okay to give people their time. Uh, but knowing the difference, hey, when do we reach out to you and check in with you? How do we check in with you so it doesn't feel like it's so intrusive? And then when do we give you some space, right? And so going to that calm room might be when a person is saying, hey, I need the space. But when I'm sitting over here and I'm just sitting by myself, that may be an indication that I would like for someone to come in and talk to me. And we just focus on our interests. Most of us have something in common with everyone in our families, whether it's games that we like or sports that we like or karaoke or music or um, foods, find out what those interests are and stay in that space. As we discussed, we don't need to get into the politics. We don't need to get in um, to talking about uh, church and religion, but there are so many other things that we can talk about. We also want to make sure that um, we are understanding of all of the things that end up happening in spaces that are sensory overload, right? Loud music, bright lights, um, being touched, feeling crowded. Because I know that for some of you, like you go all out for the holidays. You got 15 Christmas trees. You have the lights that um, light up the whole neighborhood, right? But it may be that I don't turn all of that on when my guests are coming over. I may not have the, the train going and the Christmas music um, and Santa laughing on the mantle. Uh, and um, the uh, lights that are that are flashing in and outside of the house, right? So uh, it is very important for us to understand that even though we may love those things and they're great, 
when we have guests over and particularly when you're having uh, uh, large crowds of people or people with different needs that you want to be mindful of that. It is okay for you to turn those off or turn those down or make space, even putting some things to the side. So there are not so many things in a space at one time to be able to ensure that people can enjoy themselves. Um, I think that also finding out um, what's comfortable for people. So as we talked about before, like let's not make people have um, necessarily a particular dress code when they have special needs, right? Because people may need to dress in a way that's easy for them to get things on and off. Um, they may have sensitivities to fabrics or dyes, um, right? And so these things can cause them to be triggered. So, hey, I want you to be comfortable and that's okay. Whatever that looks like for you. Uh, and that we're not going to shame people um, or uh, ask them questions about, oh, well, you should have made them do that. Um, Why would you let them go in here, right? They may have some noise-canceling headphones on because that's going to allow them to be able to manage the things that they can't manage in the environment that seem really, really loud to them, right? And so I don't need to be pulling your noise-canceling headphones off or telling you to take those off during dinner or telling you to get off that device because that may actually be the thing that's allowing you to stay calm, um, and so in me being supportive of you, I need to understand that even if it's not something that I had, maybe when I grew up, um, right, you might have, um, your own remote control that you bring places. You may have your separated, um, plastic dishes already. So your food doesn't touch with lids. You may want to put the food in that and not even use any of the plates or other things. You may have a special cup that you like. And those are things that we want to invite you to bring into the environment. Um, and we're not going to make fun of that. And we're not going to look at that and stare at that. Uh, we're going to absolutely make space for you to be able to get what you need and create an environment where that is celebrated inwardly, not outwardly. We don't want to make a big deal out of stuff for people. But that is celebrated that a person has found out what works for them because that is a wonderful thing to understand what works for you instead of sometimes what we'll do is we'll demonize things um, because we've been taught that things need to look a certain way. And when they don't, that there's something wrong with them. But let's celebrate that there are a lot of different ways for us to get what we what we need. And one is no better than the other. We do want to understand what safe foods look like, right? So everybody has foods that are safe for them, whether it's because they have allergies or because they have food sensitivities and intolerances or because there may be some texture things that they navigate. And so we want to make sure that we understand what those are so we can have some of those foods in the environment. So I, this is not the time for you to tell um, your family member, like, all you eat is carrots. You need to try other stuff. Um, carrots is what they want. Carrots is what they'll get. Um, you don't need to necessarily be judging um, your other family members for how they're managing their loved one too, right? Particularly when I think it's a lot of times we can be um, kind of a very shaming of people um, and how they've learned to navigate and love on their person that has a variety of needs. So trust that they figured out what that is and instead ask how they can be supported, particularly if their children end up having a breakdown. And I, uh, I do want to make sure that you understand that there is a difference between children that are neurodivergent and have severe and persistent mental illness and adults. We want to treat adults like adults, right? And so we want to be able to um, help them navigate in a way that works for them as an adult and not lump everybody together. 
their needs may have changed as they've grown into adulthood than when they did when they were younger. Or maybe there are some similarities, but we want to check in with them and we want to make sure that we're doing things that work for them at this current time. And things can change. Last Thanksgiving might have been different. This Thanksgiving, um, it is something new. And so we don't expect to use the same stuff. We ask, we check in, right, and make sure that we have what is needed in order for us to be supportive. Um, so we, we need to revisit things. Um, but also we want to be specific as we're communicating things. And I know some of you all are very much spontaneous people. When you have um, someone who is neurodivergent, it can be detrimental to them not to have structure and specifics. It can give them incredible anxiety and make them very much uncomfortable when they don't know what to expect in an environment. So yes, we do need a time that dinner is going to start. And yes, we do need to know what's going to be on that menu. And yes, we do need to know any details about if there are particular things that we need to bring, because that is going to help that person be able to be calm and enjoy themselves. It is not them trying to over control things. It is not them trying to cause additional stress for you. It is them literally being able to let go and not ruminate on something so they can be fully present. We also want to just really be thoughtful about um, how we handle things, right? Because I know that the holidays can be very tense for people for a variety of different reasons. There may be unresolved family conflict, that there may be um, disagreements with regard to uh, how people have made particular choices in their lives. There may be uh, strain with regard to how people express themselves, particularly their gender identity or their sexual orientation. And so we want to be very mindful of how we address that. And again, as I go back to last week, making the rules before people come into the space about what will be and not be tolerated, um, because often these things can be avoided because arguing can be absolutely triggering for people. And so we don't want to be in spaces where we're arguing. We don't want to want to be in spaces definitely where we're not having um, any uh, physical aggression. So being thoughtful of some of the ways that those things start, right? So mapping things out like, hey, what has happened in the past that has led to this excessive drinking? Um, allowing people to say inappropriate things to, to folks that got them upset, right? And so being mindful of that and addressing people. And I encourage you to address the people directly that you know have the tendency to cause the problems. Don't send out that mass text message and that mass email to people about respecting the space and not follow up with specific people who you know have been a challenge, right? Um, and addressing people who may not necessarily be going through those text messages or those emails. Sometimes we just need to call folks and talk to them about why things will be done the way that they're being done and to ensure that they recognize when they accept this invitation, that means they're going to abide by those rules. Because sometimes we have to start some new traditions. Sometimes things don't work in the same way they used to because we have family members with a different needs and we want to be able to make sure that we're accommodating all of those things as we think about the events that we'll be doing for that evening. Is, are these events going to be able to be engaged in by people with a variety of abilities and needs? And sometimes we'll do a virtual option. It may be that, hey, we video someone in. So they still get a chance to be a part of it, the celebration. They may be a part of the karaoke. They may be part of the games. Um, but they video in and they do that. And then they get off, right? And because that's the best way 
to allow them to be able to have room at the family gathering without being overwhelmed with the family gathering. We also want to make sure that we are allowing each other to grow, right? So sometimes what ends up happening, um, particularly when we have people with different needs, is we will keep them stuck. We will typecast them, if you will. And so we don't even allow space for them to be able to do all of the things that they may have um, been able to do since the last time we saw them. And again, that's why that checking in with people is really important. Don't limit people when they come into your environment. We want to create spaces where people with a variety of needs can feel loved and welcomed during the holidays. And all it takes is a little bit of practice, a little bit of time, and checking in with people about what they need in order for them to feel supported. Be well.